What is up, internets? Welcome to the Randy King Live podcast, episode 18. I think it's 18. We're, I'm front-loading the crap out of these things. I'm off to Scotland. You're going to hear this when I'm already back. Doesn't matter. Uh, today, I have an excellent guest on the show. He's been on Talking to Savages. That's actually how we met. Uh, and uh, we have some very similar points, but now we have to pretend like we don't for this debate show. So if this is your first time listening to the show, maybe you know Chris and you don't know me, I need to explain the format of the show. Otherwise, I come across as a real D-bag. So the way the show works is this is a debate-based podcast, not an argument-based podcast. What's the difference? The internet does not know. The difference between an argument and a debate is in the debate, I'm going to pigeonhole my guest and myself into one specific topic, and we're only going to debate that topic. We're not going to debate our feelings, opinions, or ethics on it. We're just going to try and prove our point of this topic. Why that's important is I always take the devil's advocate side of this and I get shafted with the crappier side of the debate. So I want you to understand that we are arguing, we are debating the point. We're not debating what we believe or feel. Usually when it comes to these, uh, these discussions, we more agree than disagree. But I found on the, the, the space of conversation that it's an echo chamber or it's hate. There is no a conversation that increases or produces anything specific, which is why I created the format of this show. Uh, so if you haven't heard any episodes, this is episode, I think, 18 or 19. We have a ton of these, lots of different topics. So how the show works is very simple. We have a couple of rules. Rule number one is we start as friends, we leave as friends. So I know, Chris, I wouldn't say we're friends, but I bet if we were in the same town, we'd be pretty cool. Going on with that, because we're only arguing or, sorry, debating our topic, this should not get emotionally heated. But it's going to, because there's no way around that. We're human beings. We're going to try and debate our point. We start as friends, as leave as friends. I sent ahead, quote unquote, I did not. I forgot to send this to Chris as well as I did to Deb. But we went over the logic fallacies in advance. There are 15 logic fallacies we are using in this show. While there are more logic fallacies out there, these are the 15 that I like to use to keep the conversation going. So, for example... Switching the goalpost is a logic fallacy, but it's not one of the 15 that I enforce because that stops the conversation. All the ones that we're using primarily are ones that are only about uh, keeping the conversation going. If you are caught in a logic fallacy, myself or Chris, we have to take a page out of the almighty Rory Miller's book, Conflict Communication. We're going to take a deep breath. We're going to apologize for using the logic fallacy. We are then going to compliment the person across the screen. Chris, your beard is on fucking point. And then I'm going to, the person's going to shut their mouth and let the other person go. If you're a fan of the show, please refer to Wim Demir calling five different logic fallacies on me and see what the process looks like. If you want to know what these 15 logic fallacies are, please jump to episode one. And I explain all of these in detail. It takes too much time to do it on the show. After the, so the debate is 20 minutes long. After the debate is done, I, we are going to jump to something called Final Thoughts that is on my Patreon, patreon.com slash randykinglive, where we're going to come back together. We're going to discuss our actual thoughts, our actual feelings, and things that we gain from this conversation. With all that ahead going, Chris, why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself? Well, my name is Chris Green. I'm the owner and chief instructor of Invictus Defense Academy in Beaverton, Oregon, a small suburb right outside of Portland. Um, I'm a Krav Maga expert uh, under Master A.L. Yanilov. Um, if you don't know who he is, fire up the old Google machine. Um, He's a big deal. He's a big deal. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, 
So ultimately, I served on the uh, United States national team for uh, a couple years, and I was in charge of the uh, United States uh, law enforcement division, as well as uh, working with instructor development and uh, instructor training for uh, KMG when I was with them. Um, I've since left KMG you know, under good graces and still being mentored by, by uh, KMG you know, masters and, and whatnot, but um, I'm, I'm taking Krav Maga in a little bit of a different direction, meaning uh, we now have the Invictus fighting system. And notice I didn't call it Krav Maga, I call it our fighting system. Why? Because now we are taking the best of a lot of different worlds to support Krav Maga. Um, what I mean by that is as a national team member, I got to travel across the United States, run tests and seminars and whatnot. And one of the biggest things is I noticed that Krav Maga practitioners have really shitty striking and really shitty ground defense. And their Krav Maga is decent. I mean, it's really good. But I mean, they're striking. I mean, if you can't strike your way out of a wet paper bag, then there's no point in even doing any of the Krav Maga, right? Agreed. So, um, and the same thing is if you can't save your ass on the floor – effectively then um then it's pointless so we're taking the best of jiu-jitsu the best of muay thai and enhancing our krav maga and uh, so therefore it is a fighting system rather than strictly krav maga sweet that's actually brings us that's a great segue to what our debate is going to be so as we mentioned before the debate is one side or the other chris is actually arguing what his belief system is a little bit but not always because he has to stick to it because there's gonna be places we agree but you got to stick to your point i will always take devil's advocate side so the way we're going to phrase this is uh what is better expertise or general prep pre pre general preparedness for self-defense chris yeah. what side of the debate are you taking i think the jack of all trades generalist is going to be more effective than the uh, include uh, the, the singular expert Awesome. And I'm going to argue what I believe is the weaker side of this argument because this is not my general thought process on this. I am also a generalist, but that's not fun if we agree. So I'm going to do my best here. We're going to start the clock right away. Uh, Chris, are you ready to go? Let's do it. You have up to four minutes to do your opening statement. I will cut you off on the four minutes. Uh, that way, you don't run down the clock. Ready? Okay. Go. All right. So. Krav Maga, and I see this with Krav Maga organizations around the world and across the United States, especially in the United States, um, there's too much flashy shit and there is uh, too much reliance on a script, meaning a, a very step-by-step -step, you know, process to get from point A to point B. And as a result of that, uh, one, the Krav Maga practitioners and even instructors can't fight their way out of a wet paper bag. Their ground defense absolutely sucks. And uh, and I have a I have a uh, an example of that for my for myself, and uh, their Krav Maga is really decent. And as as a result, I think that that needs to change. We need to um, we need to reach out to jujitsu. Like there's too much of a us versus jujitsu or us versus Muay Thai and jujitsu versus here and you know there's too much of that shit. We actually need to start coming together and and using our notes with one another to make a perfect system to make it so that it's impenetrable for our students because that's the whole purpose of being in the martial arts, right? So um, pairing with a jujitsu instructor and some really phenomenal strikers, the Invictus Fighting System is born where we are going to take the best aspects of jujitsu that uh, that that best support the the principles founded by Grandmaster Emi Lichtenfeld, the founder of Krav Maga, and uh, the best striking aspects of Muay Thai and the clinch and the throws and, and stuff like that, and help use it to better uh, enhance your Krav Maga. 
Sure. So, Chris, you're a little bit just advertising right now. Please explain why you believe general is better than specific. Yes. Sorry about that. So, okay. so um, why is general better than specific? Yeah. So, as a Krav Maga expert, I got laid out on the map by a white stripe, uh, two stripe white belt in jujitsu, and they couldn't. I couldn't get up. There's, right. there's my first example. Okay. Sure. So, I was a, I was an expert in one thing. I had nothing from something else. That presented a freaking problem for me because I couldn't get off the floor. Mm. The next side of that is as a Kremaga expert, I have taken two black belts and one brown belt, pinned them to the floor, and stabbed them in the face over 30 times, and there's not a damn thing they could do to get me off. Now, there's there's a problem, and there, no time should a black belt ever have a white belt on top of them, stabbing them in the face, and they can't do anything about it. But that showed me, okay, well, then there's clearly uh, a hole within jiu-jitsu that needs to be filled. And the same thing with with uh, dealing with uh, some of the Muay Thai fighters and the Muay Thai trainers that I've dealt with. They have no concept of what to do on the floor, and they really have no concept of what to do when you put a gun in their face. So, um, and so it, I think that instead of going down the road of being an absolute expert and having total faith in only one system, you are opening yourself up to being let down. And I know because I was let down by my own, you know, faith in just one thing. Sure. Awesome. So your video and audio is a little disconnected. So if I interrupt you, I apologize. Uh, all right. So I guess counter statement then. So I'm going to be going on the uh, expertise thing here. And I just wrote some notes down on that as you were speaking. So uh, I have to debate for my side of this topic that expertise is better than generalization. So my points in this debate or this uh, discussion are going to be about psychological conditioning, investment time, aggression, and chunking. So I believe for this debate, that there's only X amount of time we're allowed to put into certain things. And putting all of your eggs in one basket will give you an aggressive pattern of one thing. And if arguably fighting is just enforcing your will on somebody else. So if you can make the fight happen in the way you want the fight to happen, there's going to be a benefit to that. If you have limited amount of time to become good at this, you don't have time to get decent all these areas, it might be better to sink your time into one area so you have a, a proven, pressure-tested, stress resistor that will work under duress. Because most of the time that people get in trouble in self-defense is not because they don't have a perfect response to the technique, is that they have maybe too many options. Chris? Mm -hmm. Okay, so if that's the case, let's, let's talk about jiu-jitsu for a second. Sure. Um, how long does it take to get proficient in jujitsu? Uh, arguably a long time. Okay. So roughly white belt, you're not getting tapped all the fucking, you're, you're getting tapped all the time. Blue belt. Now you're getting tapped just a little bit less yep. purple, a little bit less, you know, and it, it's kind of a, it, it goes up. Right. Yes. So now by the time we get to purple belt where you're kind of running the mats, you've got this system down. We're talking five ish, six years. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, Muay Thai to get really good with clinch work, which really is the most, that's the bread and butter of, of Muay Thai as far as the scoring base goes, um, to get really good with that and to understand exactly how to manipulate someone's weight in order to sweep them off their feet. We're talking a couple years worth of, you know, training, mm -hmm. um, and Krav Maga itself, you know, has become a, uh, as the threats have grown and as new threats have become more apparent, the system has constantly evolved. So it, it also is one of those that takes, um, takes time to learn. Now, I think in the beginning stages, uh, something is better than nothing. However, 
Um, if you are going to truly go down the road of what is the best self-defense, um, it's got to be that, that the martial artist, you know, uh, cliche term of, uh, you know, it's a journey. It's a lifelong journey and it, sure. takes, it takes forever uh, because even after, you know, 15, 20 years of training myself, you know, I'm still learning every single day. Right. Um, I'm still finding some sort of hole in my game. Right. And so I, I would argue that, all right, it, on the front end of things, uh, on the very beginning end of things, fine. Something is better than nothing. However, uh, I think when you are truly wanting to be an all-encompassing self-defense uh, martial artist, you have to be a lot more broad and you have to dabble in other things and, and be a jack of all trades. Sure. So I don't disagree with that, but all right. So I think what you're saying is, and so what I heard is that it takes a lot of time. And I think that kind of just proves a little bit more of my point that maybe putting your time and expertise in one area is better because having answers to something is better than answers to nothing. Like you said, mm -hmm. and as you said yourself, it takes a ton of time to get good at all of the different disciplines that mm -hmm. encompass, that encompass self-defense and fighting. So if the person doesn't have the lifelong martial arts journey, and I guess we probably, we haven't really discussed like time sink in or time sink out on this, but I think if they have a limited amount of time, it might be better just to put all their time into one art. Okay. So you could do that, but then how do you, then how would we get them to choose which one is the best? And so, you know, that's where, um, that, that's the problem is, is getting people to choose one of those. Sure. Um, I would still say that you being a generalist, yeah. um, is, doesn't mean you have to get really good at jujitsu. It doesn't mean you have to get really good at Muay Thai. It doesn't yeah. mean you have to get so good at, at Krav Maga. It's understanding the principles of all of them and understanding how to move your body. Mm -hmm. We live in a time where everybody sits, they sit and type, they sit and drive, they sit and eat, they sit and do everything. So most people don't have a lot of you know, awareness of where their body is in space and time. Their proprioception is way off. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think in a, in a, in a context like this, getting a good understanding of their proprioception on the floor in the standing and then dealing with those various uh, tactics i think that's where it's really going to pay off so i'm not saying they need to be champion level jiu-jitsu and champion level muay thai and champion level krav maga mm -hmm. i'm saying i'm saying be a jack of all trades understand some good striking fundamentals understand how to move on the ground to get yourself to a dominant position and then also understand what to do against those multiple attackers the knives the guns uh, the sticks and all that other fun stuff, which makes a ton of sense. And I can't, I can't disagree ethically on myself with this, but for the point of the debate, I have to. Yeah. Uh, and so I would say then the, the, the major issue you said is how do we pick which art to do? And I think that would be, that would be a personal question for assessment. So there's an old school style. Uh, I have a friend that went to China, uh, Jeff Berger, shout out Jeff Berger, a fucking amazing coach. Uh, Jeff went to China. He went to a temple. They told him what he was going to take based off of what he looked like and how he reacted. He did not want to do that thing. And he actually found out that he loved it. It was Mantis style. And now all I can talk about is Mantis. I fucking loves it. But right. he hated it originally. So I understand the premise of what you're saying. There's so much buyer beware information out there. Right. Expertise might be a goal to get you. Because again, I can't stress enough that when it comes down to a fight, enforcing your will is a lot more important usually than the style you're taking. So we have confidence in that you could do it. So if there's a way we could assess that, which there isn't, but if there was, that would be a great way to, to, to prove the expertise thing. But since we can't do that, it's pointless here for this debate. But I still think that, well, I don't think, but I believe for the debate that 
when you ex- we have expertise, you don't you don't get overwhelmed with uh, analysis paralysis. Mm-hmm. You you have the ability to chunk certain techniques. You have go tos, and as we all know, you can be the highest level judoka karate guy, krav maga guy. Everybody has their favorite techniques, and everybody has their go tos. You're going to find those go-tos better, which I think for the purpose of debate will serve you very well when it comes to a situation. Because like legitimately, using knives as an example, I've been stabbed. I didn't see the knife coming. Most people don't see the knife coming. And the thing that saved me was having a decent wrestling base in order to control that limb. So specialization in that area actually helped me out more than maybe getting overwhelmed by options from the knife. Yes. Okay. So... I guess when it comes down to choosing, you have to decide what it is that you're, what's your ultimate goal? Is it to be a self-defense practitioner or is it to be a sport person? Yeah. So the, what people need to understand with sport is you are training to close with and destroy your enemy, to close with, engage, and destroy your enemy, to mm-hmm. achieve some sort of submission, some sort of TKO, some sort of knockout um, in some way, shape, form. Mm-hmm. Understand that when you're playing the game of sport, and this is, this is what you're conditioned to do, then that is what you're going to do. And yeah. if you stay engaged too long, well, just remember, every champion has lost his crown at some point. Yeah. Um, and so I would, the longer you stay engaged, the the more detrimental, you know, the more you're rolling the dice, I guess. Mm-hmm. Sure. Self-defense, the whole purpose is to get away from your attacker. Right. So if you are going into it, you know, with the idea, hey, I want to learn self-defense, Mm-hmm. Then you need to the the person needs to look at it and say, well, what is the purpose of self defense? The purpose of self defense is to engage just long enough so I can create an opportunity to get away and get my family and friends to safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and sport that is not the that is not the case. You also have to look at what it is that the what's the overall um, you know purpose of that of that gym? Is it to get medals? Is it to put up more trophies? Or, excuse you. Um, and then, um, or is it to truly make people better and make people stronger and make people more confident and allow them the opportunity to get away from those, those, uh, those, uh, attacks. So I think, you know, you know, where you're saying, you know, um, you had a really good wrestling base in order to, is, is that what you were primarily training at that time? Or? It was, yeah, not really. It was, I, don't, I wouldn't even say I have a really good wrestling base. Okay. I did wrestle, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think, I think you, you need to accept the risk that whatever you're getting into, um, say it is wrestling and grappling, you know, type sports, that that's what you're ultimately going to end up doing. And you're going to ultimately open yourself up to, you know, potential problems later. The same thing as if you are only going down the road of a striking art. You're, you're, as soon as the fight, fight falls on the floor, you're hosed. Right. So, um, you know, you could be really good on the, well, let's, let's play this. John Jones versus uh, uh, DC. Sure. Okay. DC, Olympic wrestler. Yep. John Jones, you know, world-class striker. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's an expert on his feet. DC never got him to the ground. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, there, there's a good case of expert versus expert. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you have somebody who's really well rounded in the MMA game. They mm-hmm. don't, the fight goes and they'll, they'll destroy anybody. Um, sure. But you can look at somebody like Damian Maya, who is primarily just a guy. He just eats people alive. Right. So, and he, that's like his primary skill base. I think, 
MMA might be a little bit of a false equivalency. I'm not stopping the, this, this trade of thought, but because MMA is by nature generalist, right? So everybody kind of has something. Right. Yeah, I guess I guess that was kind of a, a bad avenue to go down. Sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, but I think working forward with this then, like, if you have too many options to train, if you have too many things to go, you don't get the level of repeatability in your muscular pattern or your mo- motor pattern needed to perform really well under duress. I think this gives points to the expertise side then that, yes, if I'm taken to the floor and we've been, you've been aiming this mostly at self-defense, let's aim it mostly at self-defense. Yeah, yeah. If I get taken to the ground and I have a decent set of expertise in punching, if I could throw three or four punches and scape, that's going to be okay. I think the word in order, and it's kind of counter to what you were saying earlier. And I know what you're saying, but I'm going to pick on it a little bit is that in self-defense people tend to, they want to get away. That's the whole deal, right? So do the thing, get safe, protect your family, protect your friends. If you start doing this generalist mentality uh, and you start doing all these things, you're going to start doing the generalist mentality in that area. And you're not going to have a specific goal set to go to where if you're an expert in the one area, you could chunk, get your repeatability, get your pressure, get your confidence, and then add that deterrence or that escape factor without having to play the game. Okay. So counter to that is, yeah. remember earlier in the podcast, I, I, I said that I had, I, I have video and I, I, yes. I'm not going to put it out just because I don't want to, I don't want to disparage those particular uh, black belts and, and that brown belt. I mean, they're yeah. great people and I love training with them and they're, and, and they, the up, upside is we both learn from that, yep. um, that experience. But, um, you know, I'm on top of a, a, a of a black belt in a grappling art. Yeah. And I got myself a rubber knife and I'm just hacking away at them. And there's yep. nothing they could do to stop it. Sure. Um, we play that same game where, okay, I'll play the grappling game and I have a second person come in and just start kicking the crap out of them. Yeah. There's no answers. Right. And where, where at least I know that, it, you know, with my experience and with, with the, the, the students that I have teaching this generalist mentality, mm-hmm. is they, they have an understanding of principles of how to defend yeah. things. And honestly, understand the principle of it from a standing position, the, the principle doesn't change because that's, mm-hmm. that's why it's a principle, not a technique. Um, and so when we add that second person that's kicking at them or yeah. the, that knife, they can still execute that principle and then also execute the principles of their jujitsu. And, and so it has to be trained in a manner where it's all tied together so people can see where it's all tied together mm-hmm. versus compartmentalized. And I think sure. that be where you're, is, is that kind of where you're going is like a compartmentalized uh, version of tra- or, or modality of training or? Yeah, I have to. That's, that's, that's the pigeonhole I'm in is expert, right? So yes, I, I kind of agree with that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote you to you. Okay. Every champion loses their crown. Luck is a huge factor in this. So using the example of you, a crap guy expert on top of a black belt, that's two experts clashing at each other at a very high level. Right. The odds of that happening in real life organically are low. In a gym, yes. yes. On the street, probably not. So right. having an expertise version against the general attacker is going to put you leaps and bounds above no right. matter what. You are definitely speaking worst case scenario, and I, I understand that mentality. But yeah. looking at the numbers, looking at organic violence, that's not the case. It's not going to be Crabbago X versus BJJ Blackboat and a wrestler waiting in the wings, right? Like that's maybe really you think because I think uh, I know this is this. You know what? That's a red herring. I'll talk about that in uh, <laughs> in Patreon. I don't want to fuck myself on okay. this. Okay. Uh, but I didn't remember what I was going to say. Uh, that's uh, anyway. So, but I think so. Y- yes, maybe, but odds are low. Like. It's not, it's not even 50, it's not even, it's like 90, 10, right? If you think that 
a I lot was, of people when they're going through their training, that, that's the thing I was going to say. Never mind. Keep going. Go ahead. I was a cop for 13 years. And oh, okay. I, I work patrol division, and um, so I got to experience a lot of real world, real world violence um, in, in various forms. Sure. And I've watched uh, high level experts in various martial arts go to the dark side, yeah. as, as I would say, right? And I've seen higher level experts in high level experts clash in. You know, it, it usually starts off as a, you know, one guy fuck that system and the other guy fuck that system, yeah. and you know, and then there's a then there's a fight because there's ego involved and and somebody right. has to prove a point. Um, so I've seen it. I think where where we need to look at things is you're right in in the terms of like in a in typical street violence, we're dealing with some numbskull that doesn't know how to fight. Yeah. They picked us because the animal inside of us goes, hey, that's the weakest one of the pet herd, so therefore that's where I'm going to get the most value. Um, and and you're right, anything is is going to pretty much work on those people because when we look at the CCTV, we look at the reaction to a lot of those people. The second there's just an iota of resistance, they usually cut bait and run. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they don't want that. They want the easy. They want the easy score. But it needs to be trained on that on that sliding scale of here's the best case scenario. You've got some numbskull that doesn't know how to fight. That did, that didn't anticipate you knowing how to fight. They have no idea that you know Krav Maga, Jiu Jitsu, Muay Thai, whatever the case may be. Um, and then you also have the oh, someone's got a little bit of you know training. Someone's sure. got a lot of training. And how determined are they? Right. And and even then, if we take someone who has very little training, it also comes down to how determined are they to really fuck you up. Sure. Right. So I, I think there needs to be a scale of training there. Mm-hmm. And when we train specifically one sport versus one sport, we we kind of you you'll get that and you get a lot of confirmation that you know, all right, I've I've got someone of a lower belt level in mm-hmm. jujitsu. I can roll them and I can I can jack them up at any day of the week. Sure. If I really wanted to, like, there's going to be times where I do get rolled because I get sloppy or whatever the case might be. Yeah. But is that a, is that a, is that a, um, is that a chance I really want to take? Because when I play the, oh, oh, we lose. <laughs> that's, 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 that's time. That's all that is. All right. So, okay. That was awesome. And there's a couple things I want to talk about on the Patreon about that. Uh, that was really cool. That was interesting. And I wanted to go into a red herring for sure, but that was great. So, Chris, thank you so much for the debate. That was awesome. Um, listeners, uh, we cut out mid-episode recording. So there might be a little bit of glitch uh, in there. I apologize for it. Nothing we can do. I'm going to splice together the best I can, but I am not a video editor. I'm just a guy that kicks people for a living. So, uh, Chris, why don't you tell the listeners a little about where they can find you? Chris? Hey. So to find me on you there, okay, guys, acting up again. All right, so to find me on Instagram, it's the Invictus Chris. Uh, to follow my my facility and 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 stuff that we do, it's uh, at Invictus Defense. Um, I do have a YouTube channel, but it's got to get updated. Like I gotta get more content out there. So if you just look Invictus Defense Academy, you'll find a, uh, some of our content there. And uh, we've got a lot more coming and a lot more stuff coming out for Invictus Fighting System. It's just a matter of time, baby. Awesome. All right, listeners, thank you so much for listening to the free episode of the podcast. Hopefully you gained something from this. And again, I can't stress stuff. It's not my job to tell you what to think. It's my job to give you options and opinions to form your own. And I think this was accomplished in this debate. Uh, what I would love from you as a listener, outside of just looking for logic fallacies, is please, however you consume this, if you consume it on Instagram, if you consume it on YouTube, leave a comment and tell me what your biggest takeaway was from the show. If you're listening to this on a podcast player, the 
feel free to shoot me a message, Randy King Live, and tell me what your biggest takeaway was from this show, what the greatest piece of value you took. Chris, I'm looking forward to talking to you on final thoughts. I want to go over some things that I wanted to red herring really badly. But we are done the free podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the Randy King Live podcast, episode 1819, something or other. Have a great one, everybody. Mm-hmm.